0: Hello, and welcome to Sex in the State. I'm your host, Kathy Reisenwitz, and today's post is, five potential reasons fertility is down. Let's sick the pronatalist on cost disease. Kite and Key Media has a new video on why falling birth rates are no big deal. Globally, birth rates are down by half. In 1952, the average family had five kids. As of 2022, they had less than three. Are, birth- are falling birth rates good, bad, or neutral? I think that in large part depends on the answers to two questions. One, what are the long-term consequences of falling birth rates? Two, are birth rates fall- why are birth rates falling? Now, I'm happily child-free and pretty ambivalent on whether humanity should continue to exist after I kick the bucket. And we do have ways to keep old people out of poverty without new humans, for example, robots. So I'm personally not super concerned about the direct consequences of falling birth rates, however, I've been told that my biases aren't the end-all be-all of what matters. That leaves the second question open. Why are they falling? If birth rates are down for good reasons, such as women having more freedom to choose, and we can ameliorate the potential negative consequences, then falling birth rates seem mostly fine. But falling birth rates may also point to something else that's amiss. For example, we know the cost of having kids is rising far faster than median incomes. Perhaps the two are connected. So even if you don't personally care about falling fertility rates, connecting the dots between what ails us and fertility may work to get the pronatalist to care about those ills. This post will briefly address five potential explanations for why U.S. fertility is falling. Our World in Data founder, Dr. Max Roser, says the literature indicates three main causes. One, more female empowerment, two, Lower child mortality. Three, higher costs for raising children. Seems as good a place to start as any. One, girl power. Global fertility falls when wives become empowered. One reason may be that men tend to want to have more kids than their wives do. So when women have more bargaining power relative to their husbands, they have fewer kids. As female education rises, fertility declines. There are many theories about how this works. Better educated women tend to have more access to and better understand how to use contraceptives. Their daughters also tend to get more education, which creates a cycle. The social norms of the better educated also tend to favor smaller families. A woman with more schooling has more copious and appealing options for ways to spend her time than a less educated woman. Gary Becker argues that opportunity cost explains the correlation. And it's true that fewer kids equals less expensive childcare and less time out of the workforce. In addition, many women don't wanna have kids at all, but large parts of the planet stigmatize women to the point of honor killing, prostitution, or starvation for doing anything other than getting married and having as many kids as her husband wants. Women getting to have as many kids or as few kids as we want, including zero, is probably going to decrease fertility. Two, child survival. Global child mortality halved from around 43% to 22.5% between 1800 and 1950. It dropped to 4.5% in 2015. Evidence suggests that people have fewer total kids when more of them survive childhood. In Bangladesh, for example, families with no child mortality had 2.6 children on average. If one child died, they had 4.7. If two died, they had 6.2. And if more than three died, they had 8.3 kids. Interestingly, this study shows that no clear correlation between child mortality and fertility rates in the US in the early 20th century. Also of note, better educated moms seem to have lower rates of child mortality. 3. Expensive-ass kids. Skyrocketing costs for life's biggest expenses probably plays a role in declining fertility. As a percentage of household income, Americans spend the most on food, clothing, housing, transportation, health, education, and child and elder care. The average family in the bottom 60% of the income distribution in 2021 spent around three quarters of their budget on these necessities. For all families, the biggest expenditures were, in order, housing, transportation, and health. Home prices have increased uh, 1,608% since 1970, while inflation has increased 644%. Obviously, housing more people is even more expensive, especially since an unprecedented percentage of men are paying nothing for housing currently as they reside in their parents' basements. There's evidence, perhaps not shockingly, that housing costs in particular drive down fertility. Transportation and healthcare also get way more expensive after you have kids. People often cite the high cost of childcare. And it makes sense that as college increasingly becomes a bare minimum requirement for a hope for a better standard of living than your parents had, high college tuition would impact the choice to have kids, especially as non-degree Americans face increasing precarity. And wages are nowhere close to keeping up. While the costs for these categories have skyrocketed way beyond overall inflation over the past 50 years, wages basically haven't budged for the bottom half of earners since the 1970s. For industrialization. Let's get real materialist for a second. Industrialization is the simplest and best explanation for global fertility declines. The more kids you put into your cornfield, the more corn you get at harvest time. Kids make far worse factory workers than farmhands when they're allowed to work. So most kids in industrialized societies go to school. A kid in a classroom is an economic drain. People respond to incentives, so birth rates decline dramatically when countries industrialize. Five, sticky social norms. This Atlantic article on the South Korean equivalent of men going their own way, but for women, points out how when you combine female economic empowerment with male entitlement, women simply choose to opt out of dating, sex, marriage, and parenthood. Quote, Chang Kai gyung Sub, a sociologist at Seoul National University, coined the term compressed modernity to describe South Korea's combination of lightning-fast economic transformation and the slow, uneven evolution of social institutions such as the family, end quote. Macroeconomics can run around the world while norms are still tying their shoelaces. Norms aren't keeping up with macroeconomics in the U.S. either. Americans are getting married later and less often, which is impacting birth rates, and we're having fewer out-of-wedlock births too. Declining male wages and workforce participation discourage marriage because Americans still prefer male breadwinner marriages, and female breadwinner marriages are really unpleasant. It would certainly make sense for women in that situation to choose to forego reproduction. As these marriages become more common, birth rates will continue to fall, at least until culture catches up with the economy.